This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, folks, it's that time once again. The time everyone looks forward to each week. It's time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. Wait, the- I'm your host, Aaron Camaro, and right over there, I'm my Chris man, Sinzak. as always, Chris Sinzak. How's it going, eh? Wait a minute. What? You're not Chris Sinzak. And you're not Aaron Camaro. Freaking imposter. What's going on here? You said it's, you know, the part we look forward to each week. It's actually the part we look forward to every year. That's right. Our once-a-year hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. Your Canadian friends are back for the fourth year in a row. Fourth annual. Fourth annual, that's right. We'd like to thank Chris and Aaron for giving us the chance to do this and uh, wish them uh, a good uh, Thanksgiving off, enjoying their turkey and football and whatever they shenanigans they might be getting into this year. I'm sure there's beers involved as well. There's beers involved right now. We uh, are Canadian, so we got to keep the theme going, right? Maintain our reputations. So anyways, uh, we got your hosts here, uh, your Canadian decibel geeks, Rich the Meister Dillon. And Wally Gator Norton. And uh, this year, uh, we had, a, you know, for our, our fourth episode of hosting the Decibel Geek podcast, we had a special special guest picked out that I was really looking forward to. It was going to be stellar. I had plans in my head. You know, I, I know that this gentleman was going to have a lot of stories that would just entertain the rock world and probably a name that a lot of you recognized. However, schedules didn't align. So we've had to push that back a little bit. The good news is he is still definitely in. I was speaking to him on Saturday night, not Friday night, sorry. And uh, yeah, he's we're going over to his place to record and we may be able to Save it for next year or maybe get it in a maybe, little early. Uh, perhaps a special episode. You know, I'm sure our schedules would have got, uh, you know, would have been able to, to work out even with, you know, as much as you work, Wally, and as much as I work too. And, you know, if some idiot hadn't gone to Japan, it probably would have, probably would have worked out a little better. Yeah. So who goes to Japan for a weekend? A concert in Japan. Well, we're yeah. going to, we're going to get to that a little later in the story, but. For those that don't know, uh, I just recently spent a weekend in Japan. But in any case, we'll we'll move forward. How long and, uh, is that flight? Uh, it was well, it was about thirteen and a half hours, and that was direct. Thank God. For there was a, a stopover. Could have been like eighteen hours. Yes, for a weekend. <laughs> okay, I'm an idiot. I like Good to Lord, go to rock man. festivals. It's forget the one money of my favorite aspect. bands. They're tattooed on my arm. I had a goal, man. I had a goal. But we'll get to that story later on. All for right. now, what we've uh, come up with in the meantime. Uh, is kind of a Canadians pick Canadians episode. So we've contacted some of uh, our favorite Canadian bands, some really popular ones that you folks are going to know, and some more underground ones that uh, maybe you don't know. And they've picked some of their favorite Canadian bands for the music that we're going to play on this podcast. So we got lots of tunes coming up this week. So sit back and enjoy, and welcome to Hoser Heavy Metal number four. All right, well, before we get into the music of the day, uh, I guess we should take care of the usual business and get rid of, get through the Geeks of the Week. Well, we are the Decibel Geek Podcast, and, uh, you know, these uh, these folks that are the Geeks of the Week, they are advertising. You know, if they weren't sharing uh, on Facebook, uh, retweeting on Twitter and, you know, Instagram and, and all that good stuff, they're a marketing department. So even though this is the Canadian episode, we still need to recognize everyone that helps us out on a weekly basis. All right, so the Geeks of the Week this week. Are as follows Matt Ashcraft, Mike Stewart, Miguel Nunez, Kevin Williams, Ages of Rock Podcast, Alan Tate, Todd Cunningham, Joel Lascon, Robin Bennett, Brian Knapp, Ian Wadley of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Billy Hardaway, Wayne Cross, Brant Cattell, Paul Korn, The Riff of the Day, Shane Herbert, Joe Royland, Mark Taylor, Greg McGlone, Unknown Elements, Obscure Rock and Metal, Andrew Jacobs, Adam Cox, The Terrence and Mark Experience, Mar- Mikel Burrell, Podcasts Are the Best, Ruben Garcia, Ernesto Aguilar, Billy Hardcore, Derek Novak, Hoops, TJ Cullen, Ken Chase, Colin Francis, Music Mags and Wax, KST, 
Jay Sesobleski, the Mooger Fuger, and Jay Fanas. Uh, hopefully I didn't butcher anybody's name too badly. Uh, thank you very much for sharing the word and being our in-house marketing team. Along with the Geeks of the Week, we also have to go through the purchases on Amazon. Each week, Chris and Aaron normally read through the purchases uh, that are bought through the banner on our website. It doesn't cost anything extra. And That's right, folks. If you go uh, right to the Decibel Geek uh, website there, there's a banner, the Amazon banner. If you click on that, uh, it doesn't cost you any more money, but a portion of the proceeds go right to Chris and Aaron for uh, you know the costs involved in running and bringing you this podcast every week. So my intention was to go through last week and buy something really stupid or really <laughs> off the wall so that uh, we could read it out here. But unfortunately, my budget and my time, I failed to do so. Well, we'll leave it up to what the listeners actually bought and maybe we will find something stupid and off the wall. All right. Well, looking at the Amazon purchases that were made last week uh, through the, of course, the Decibel Geek link. Uh, for books, there was Fallout 4, Vault Dweller's Survival Guide. That's some kind of guide for a new video game. Uh, for DVDs, we had Albert Collins and the Icebreakers, Baseball Seasons, the 1980s, Rock and Roll Nightmare, and What We Do in the Shadows. For the, uh, for the home, we have a Big Mouth Incorporated Countdown Clock and Timer, uh, Obama's Last Day, 1-2017, and some Sure Sound Isolating Earphones with Single Dynamic Microdriver. Sounds like some pretty good headphones. Uh, of course, our favorite, the music that were purchased last week. Uh, Diamonds Ain't That Kind of Girl. Kind of kind of great because Diamonds, being Canadian, falls in with the show. Dan Baird, Don't Be Wasting My Time. Andrew Watt, Ghost in My Head. The Darkness, I Am Santa and Million Dollar Strong. Uh, Michael Monroe, This Ain't No Love Song. Uh, the new Wasp, Golgotha, was purchased. And the new Rush R40 Live 3CD Blu-ray Combo. Another Canadian band on the list. So thank you very much for purchasing through Amazon. Hey, everybody. Our good friend Daryl Alber has a bunch of great stuff over at HK Collectibles Incorporated. In fact, he's got over 300 vinyl albums ready for purchase. About 80% of it is new sealed old stock in all genres, including classical, country, pop, and of course rock. So you can buy yourself something and get a Christmas gift for the non-metal people in your life. It's all available now. Just go to thedecibelgeek.com and click on the HK Collectibles Inc. banner. All right, so let's uh, get going with Hoser Heavy Metal number four. Wally enriches uh, fourth year hosting the podcast. This year we've got our Canadians Pick Canadians episode for our programming theme. So let's go, uh, let's see what you got, Wally, for uh, your first pick. Who did you contact? What did they pick? What's uh, what's happening? All right, well, I, re- I reached out to definitely the hardest working man in Canadian rock music today. Me? <laughs> well, maybe. Oh, I'm not in rock music. True, because you say you can't carry a tune in a bucket. That's right, I'm talking All right. On the talented front, I reached out to Sean Kelly. Uh, Good choice. I was introduced to Sean's work when I saw his then-band, Crash Kelly, open up for Wasp. I don't even remember what tour. I don't remember yesterday, so you're doing pretty good to remember that much. <laughs> Love them. Bought the CD. And, oh my God, Sean has since gone on to work with, let's see, Helix, Honeymoon Suite, Lee Aaron, Carol Pope, Nelly Furtado, Gilby Clark, Trapper, 4 by Fate. Uh, Metal on Fate. Ice. Yep, 4 by Fate featuring a couple guys who played in Foodies Comet. Mm-hmm. So there's Kiss mm-hmm. Reference number yep. one for the show. Well, we always got to get that in. Absolutely. Got it off soon. So, uh, yeah, he's an author. He wrote the book Metal on Ice, uh, chronicling the... Uh, trials and tribulations of a lot of the bands that we've played on previous uh, heavy metal shows. Uh, he was also integral in the accompanying Metal on Ice CD. In his spare time, he spends time recording classical guitar music CDs, Christmas guitar CDs. And uh, tomorrow, he's going to jump into the role of Johnny B. Great in the D. Snyder's rock and roll Christmas musical that opens up tomorrow night in 
Now that's something I'm pretty excited about, and I'm sure you know why. But yeah. let's uh, <laughs> we'll let the listeners in on it. Wally and I are going to be attending the opening night of Dee Snyder's Rock and Roll Christmas Tale, or something like that. It might be called if I have those words backwards. Something like that. Yeah. So how did uh, Sean get get involved with Dee Snyder on this project? Do you uh, do you know that? I do not. But I, I think it's pretty cool. Is it, so is it a traveling show, or is this just going to be for the duration in Toronto? Just for the duration. Well, he he apparently the show he wrote the show. It, it debuted last year in Chicago. So okay. it ran for about, I guess, six or eight weeks in Chicago around Christmas time. This year he's chosen Toronto. Right. So it'll be here for a little while. Lots of time for people to come up. Aaron and Chris, if you guys are, you know, want to fly up this way. Please do. If, uh, Wally's if, got lots of room in his house for you to stay. Sure. And, you know, if anyone else wants to come up, you know, got a couple contact couches. Wally Norton. His address is... Ha. I mean, if Rich can go to Toronto for the weekend, you can at least get up here for the D. Snyder Christmas You mean show. if I can go to Tokyo? For Tokyo. Day. Where did I say? <laughs> you said Toronto. Yeah, well, anyway, so that's tomorrow night. Uh, not only are we going to see the show, we're we got front the row center. meet and greets. Front row center, that's right. And we will meet D. Snyder tomorrow night, so that is pretty cool. I don't know. I, I, I hope he's signing autographs, because I got a lot of Twisted Sister shit I got to get signed. <laughs> They're one of the first bands I ever listened to in rock and roll. Certainly one of the first albums I ever purchased, and I've never seen them. So uh, there, I have one up on you know. there. I did see them on one of their Christmas shows. At least I'm going to get to see D. Absolutely. Well, back to Sean's pick. Uh, Sean wants to hear Survival in the Western World by a band called Refugee. Do you remember them, Rich? Never heard of this band before. Well, we actually broke out and did some research for this episode. They got signed to Chrysalis Records in 1985 were originally called the Michael Fury, but then changed the name to Refugee soon after. Now, an interesting story that goes along with, with this, these guys played melodic AOI rock, and unlike many of their contemporaries, they weren't singing about the usual chicks and cars. So, okay, follow me on this. Uh, their first single, Exiles in the Dark, caught the attention of a government official from Zimbabwe. Okay, and uh, now the guy from Zimbabwe get a hold of this. Got I, that I don't know, but the, the, see, these guys are from Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, it seems that Zimbabwe at the time, 1986, remind you, um, they've been wanting to bring over a Western-style rock concert for some time, and since Refugee's lyrics weren't usual sex and drugs, he thought they'd be perfect. So they kind of booked this 11-day sick show tour, um, Zimbabwe, which quickly turned into disaster. Zimbabwe. Fortunately, only two shows got completed before the new racially charged government conspired against the band to stop the tour and make the existing <laughs> government look inept. Conspired against the band. Well, apparently the band were detained for like over a month. Uh, really? Before they were even allowed out of the country. So they went from Toronto, to, they actually made it to oh, Zimbabwe. Yeah. Two shows they were done. two shows. Yeah. And, and then... Details beyond that, I don't know. Wow. Now, I actually remember this band. I re- <laughs> and it's kind of funny because they played uh, the video on... T- much music, whatever those video shows we watch. And at the time, their drummer is a guy by the name of Brian Dorner. Oh, I know who he is. Well, sure, a few other people at the time, I, I, of course, knew of his brother, his identical mm-hmm. twin brother, Brent Dorner. So as we're watching the video, they did a you know quick shot of the drummer, as it usually is the case. Drummers get very little airtime in the videos. And I went, wow, that guy looks just like Brent Dorner. We did watch some more of the video, and next time he comes up, I'm like, holy crap, Brent Dorner plays the drums as well. well you can imagine how stupid I felt when I well, finally found out that... You're talking twins. about Brent Dorner from Hewitt. Of course, yes. So, indeed, they, uh, Brent and Brian are identical twins, and I, at that time did not know that Brian had ever been in Helix. I have since been edumacated. <laughs> uh, one, one more fact before we play the song. Um, Howard Helm, the keyboard player, before he joined Refugee, was in a band called Zahn. Do you remember the no, Zahn? No, no. Don't remember that. <laughs> me neither. I didn't know Refugee. How the hell would I know Zahn? Well, Although I do kind of like the Zimbabwe. 
last the Zimbabwe. Well, Zon, it's also fun to say Zimbabwe. Zahn opened for Alice Cooper in 1980 at the CNE Stadium, which was the night of the historic riots, oh, where Alice yes. did not show up. So for those of you out there want to YouTube CNE riot Alice Cooper, go check that out. In the meantime, let's listen to Survival in the Western World. Subway. 
There you go. I just like saying that. <laughs> I can't believe that they got detained in Zimbabwe. That's a pretty cool story. You know, I, I'd actually like to actually like to get with someone from the band and hear a little bit more about that story. Hmm. That's uh, it's pretty interesting. But I'll tell you who's not uh, involved with Zimbabwe is a band from Montreal, Canada called Rusted. Never heard. Of. Rusted's uh, Facebook page it describes them as a hard rock band from Montreal. They are bringing back the style, the energy, and the music of the '80s hard rock and glam rock era with powerful, catchy choruses, badass heavy metal guitar riffs, and some loud, pounding drums to bang your head to. Sounds good to me. Sounds pretty good to me, too. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought when I first, uh, you know, they came across my radar. I was making a trip up to Ottawa, Ontario, to see another band, who may or may not appear later in this episode. And when were... aren't you on a trip? Well, you know, I do tend to, to travel for rock shows. Yeah. Yeah. But Rusted was on the bill, and... Uh, I had a chance to look up a little bit uh, YouTube videos before that, got a, a couple songs. I thought, geez, these guys sound pretty good. Remind me a lot of the, the movement that's going on in Sweden right now. There's a lot of glam and, and hard rock kind of resurgence coming there in Sweden. But these guys are from Montreal, Canada. They're currently working on their next album. They've got an EP and an album already to their uh, credit. Which I'm assuming you own. I, of course I own. I bought them at the show, actually. Cool. Because one thing that uh, Decibel Geek like to do is support the bands when we purchase merchandise. Not just uh, steal it off the internet and so forth. Well, I'm going to have to hear these guys. Well, you will shortly. So, uh, I contacted the guys in Rusted and they were excited to be a part of the Decibel Geek podcast. And I said to them, can you please give me, you know, two, three, four songs? Because I was afraid that we were going to end up with an entire episode of Rush songs. And as you'll see later on, that we did run into a little bit There's of that a few problem. Rush songs coming up. But, All right. uh, you know, I'm not sure if I caused any in band fighting or anything but they sent me about eight picks <laughs> so we had to narrow it down there was a lot of good choices uh you know uh phoenix and flames neil young brian adams lover boy uh who i understand is not a decibel geek band according to chris and aaron uh triumph uh, steppenwolf but their last pick was april wine and the song i like to rock so my mantra in a way right i travel the world i like to rock let's check out some april wine let it go
All right, so there was Rusted's pick of April Wine, and I like to rock. I just want to mention as well that uh, not only is Rusted working on uh, material for a new album that's going to be coming up in uh, 2016, uh, they also have a live album that is slated for February 2016 release. So that's something that uh, you should watch out for on the Decibel Geek website, uh, reviews and stuff like that. They also have a, a new video with a new single that's going to be released in January as well. So Rusted is uh, working on some new material busy and uh, looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, they're busy guys. They're also uh, looking at a tour of uh, Europe in the spring. So, And with my traveling prowess, it's a good chance I'll be seeing you. them over there before I see them in Canada. But anyways, uh, their pick of April Wine leads us into uh, your next pick, I believe. Funny I mentioned April Wine because my next pick, I reached out to Carl Dixon, uh, of, of course Coney Hatch, but he also spent some time in April Wine. He wasn't there that long was it a few years a few years yeah a few years, yeah. yeah now don't ask me the years i oh i don't know that yeah, but anyway um reached out to carl a longtime friend of the show and he has chosen a legendary band legendary of course canadian band foot in cold water remember well, these guys lots of folks would know about a foot in cold water even if they don't know they knew about foot in cold water correct well the foot in cold water formed in 1970 the year that i was actually born and released their you're self- old hey I'm old! <laughs> and released their self-titled debut in 1972. Uh, as you said, mentioned, Decibel Geek listeners might actually be familiar with the single off the first album, Make Me Do Anything You Want, as it was covered by Helix on their most excellent Walking the Razor's Edge album. But Carl's chosen to hear Who Can Stop Us Now, also from the debut. He made mention that this was one of the songs that he used to often play back in the day. And when I first gave it a listen, I totally understood why. It, it actually just mirrors Carl's vocal stylings to a T. I think he did a great job at it. Maybe the next time we go see Carl, we will uh, have to throw that as a request. To pull that out oh, let's see what happens. All right. So this is Foot in Cold Water with You Can Stop Us Now.
That's a good tune, uh, Foot in Cold Water's a yeah. classic Canadian band. You know, the kind of thing you hear when you're sitting on the dock up at the cottage. But, yeah, but not a song that I had ever heard, so yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And uh, Coney Hatch, too, uh, fantastic band. Uh, I saw them uh, actually about a year ago uh, when I went to England uh, at Firefest. Coney Hatch was playing there, so it was really yeah, cool Yeah, another weekend? Um, <laughs> actually, it was, yeah, it was about six days, so it was yeah, like yeah. a double weekend. Stop making fun of me, man. I like that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. At least making I didn't steal lyrics this time. <laughs> That's true. So. That's true. I think you're finally forgiven, I would imagine, yeah, by well, this point. Oof. Man, I felt bad. It's a cool <laughs> souvenir. I still got it hanging up in the garage. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, well, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with another pick. So uh, also decided to reach out and talk to Brian Vollmer, who was the very first interview I ever did with, uh, with it for the Decibel Geek. And uh, he chose a, a most interesting tra- track. This is certainly a band I've never heard of before. Have you ever heard of Scrubbolo Kane? I have not. Neither had I. Um, this band per- certainly does have a place in Canadian rock history. Uh, again, doing some, some solid journalistic research. You know, you've been right on top of that this episode. I came up with that uh, this band hails from Winnipeg, had a few hits in the mid-70s, but they're certainly more famous for the three members of the band. Uh, bassist Jim Cale, uh, he joined the group. He was not the original bass player, but he was. He jumped into the band uh, after he left the Guess Who. Uh, Henry Small, he released a couple of solo albums after uh, Scrubbolo, and then joined Burton Cummings, and then he landed the vocalist spot in Prism. And lastly, and most likely the most recognizable name to the Decibel Geek listeners, is guitarist Paul Dean, who later went on to form Streetheart, and of course, Loverboy. So anyways, let's uh, check out Crazy Bud a Blues Guitar from Scrubbolo Kane. Ever since I was 11 years old, the blues have been a part of my life. I listened to the blues and the stories it told about the hardships and toils and strife. The time passed on and I became less concerned about the words or the melody lines. Nothing else mattered if a guitar player burned on the soul or the shadow of my mind. Because I'm crazy about a blues guitar.
All right, well, that was some uh, very amazing guitar work from Mr. Paul Dean. And I guess now it's your pick. Well, uh, for me, we're going to go... Uh, you know, notes we've kind of tend to gravitate to a lot of the sort of underground or lesser-known bands uh, throughout this uh, this episode. And uh, that's, again, what I've got. Uh, Shock. Uh, listeners may have heard me talk about Shock before in our previous Hoser Heavy Metal episodes. I did play one of their tracks not last year, but the year before. Yep, you have introduced me to this band. Yeah, they're... Um, you know, they, they've been around since... Uh, you know, the, the late 80s, uh, early 80s even, sorry. Uh, they were named the best unsa- unsigned band in Canada back in the late 80s. Really? Know, out of the Ottawa area. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, had so many almost uh, chances. You know, they almost had this deal. They almost had that deal. And eventually the frustrations of not coming together with a, a full record deal. They called it quits in 1990. See, that I did not know. And, well, but then they uh, got back together 2011. Um I believe the tagline is a, a burning urge that they needed to address or something like that is the, the tagline. Isn't they, there like a cream you can get to that? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, now we're delving into their personal history. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> creams aside. All right. Ointment, uh, maybe? Yeah. When they, when they got back together with their burning urge, uh, <laughs> they finally put out their debut album, which was their first official album release almost 30 years after the band got together so well, see now that that leads you the difference in the music industry today you know you can make an album well that's exactly what or, happened these yeah, guys back are in the 80s, they're making you were signed they're making their own albums cool. they are their own record label right producing their own albums putting them out so they finally they come out with their debut album once denied that uh, actually appeared in my top albums of the year for 2013 when it came out. Nice. It's an uh, excellent, excellent album. You can pick it up through the band's website even. I think it's uh, I think it's 6 or $7 Canadian. Like, it is not expensive. Deal. So that's like, like buck ninety nine. Well, I mean, yeah, for buck ninety nine American. For or for those of us that were just in <laughs> Japan, that's several thousand yen. There you go. So, uh, anyways, uh, you know, I've uh, met with this band a few times. I've taken two six-hour bus trips to Ottawa to see them play a 40-minute set as an opening band. Of course you did. To turn around and take a six-hour <laughs> bus ride overnight all the way home to work 14 hours the next day. Didn't you take like a four-hour bus ride just to record this episode? Uh, no, it was two and a half. There and you go. It'll be two and a half on the way back. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we got beers here, so it's okay. You know, it makes it worthwhile. But yeah, so I, I've done that twice to see these guys and uh, well worth it every time. Uh, excellent uh, power metal with some, you know, some hints of uh, thrash in there. And they were also on the bill with the band I uh, showcased earlier, Rusted. But uh, anyways, um, Shock has just released the, their second album again, like I said, released by themselves. Uh, they just released it on Friday the 13th, November. It's called Forewarned. Uh, it's a smoking CD. You can catch the review, uh, my review, on the Decibel Geek website. And, uh, you know, all I can say is uh, please support them. You know, buy some T-shirts, CDs, same with all the bands. Go to the, the band's website. Shock's website is www.shockmetal.ca. The band got together. They gave me three picks for this episode. And... Uh, we had the, the arduous task of choosing one out of those three. So we decided to go with bassist Steve Bonnet's pick, and that is Canadian band Sword and the song Evil Spell. Do you know them at all, Wallace? You know Sword? Sword. Sword. That rings a bell. They had two albums, one uh, back in 86, um, metalized or metalized or something like that, and then one in 88. Did they open for Alice Cooper? I believe they did. Oh. I know they were handpicked by Metallica to open on their Master of Puppets tour. Wow. And if I'm not mistaken, Alice Cooper, uh, they also opened for them. Uh, back in the Montreal area, anyways. Well, 86 was before I had developed a taste for 
thrash, and... I may still have been wearing diapers in 86. <laughs> wow. Not that much of a I'm difference. just saying you're old. <laughs> I'm old! Uh, I, I do remember, because I, I saw Alice Cooper on that tour twice uh, in Toronto. Incredibly horrible seats. And then, again, in Hamilton with really, really amazing seats. And I do remember Sword being very loud. That's about all I have to say. Loud. So yeah. that means that you didn't enjoy them so much. I did not. At well, the, like I said, had not developed the taste for thrash that uh-huh, I have now. Uh-huh. So I'm very interested to hear. Well, let's them spin this track here. In 2015, uh, with a totally different taste and, and mindset. Yeah, let's spin this track, Evil Spell, and then uh, afterwards you can let me know what you think of it. Right on.
see now, you know, in 2015 with my, you know, now acquired taste in, in the stuff that is much heavier. Because to be honest with you guys, in 1986, I didn't even like Metallica. So you might be saying now that you fell under the evil spell? Oh, maybe. So uh, I'm going to have to actually give Wait a minute, a you didn't like Metallica back in 86? No. Hold on, back it up. Shh. Back up the bus. Okay, I know I, I'm ducking for cover, but it's true. It, it was... It, all thrash did not exist until... Uh, I, went so to see, you just, like, I went to see Aerosmith. Like Debbie Gibson and stuff like that? No. By the way, Billy Hardaway recently purchased a Debbie Gibson vinyl album, if you didn't see that post on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll, declined we'll, to comment. We'll get because... to Billy Hardaway later. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. Anyways, uh, no, I went to see Aerosmith, Metallica, Warrant, and the Black Crows. Good lineup. It was a good lineup. And I left wearing a Metallica t-shirt, and that was uh-huh. that was kind of the start of the thrashward spiral. So you were converted. Yes. A couple of years later, I was at the Clash of the Titans tour, but well, that's another story for another time. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, uh, it's good that you uh, were able to come around to the dark side, perhaps, mm-hmm. as we say. So uh, you have pick number six as well. Well, yeah, we might as well just uh, keep rolling because I like talking and I like playing rock. So I want to uh, delve right into a, another band that uh, I've been listening to for a little while. Uh, they've uh, got one album out. Uh, they have an EP as well, but I don't have the EP. Uh, as far as I understand, it's a bit difficult to obtain. Uh, but their album is called uh, The Proving Grounds. came out in 2014. It's an eight-song album, so could be a little longer, but there's some great rock in, uh, involved in this album. I'm talking about Midnight Malice. They're a band from uh, Toronto, Canada. They formed in 2009. Uh, kind of along the same vein as, you know, like Judas Priest, Wasp, Motorhead, that, you know, kind nice. of a style. So nice. with your, your newfound uh, thrash abilities uh, it melded with your, you know, your old style, I think uh, Midnight Malice would be something that's right up your alley. Sounds good. Um, they first uh, came attention to me by a friend of mine who writes for a rival website. What? Uh, yes, that sleaze rocks guy, Olivier. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he uh, talked to me about Midnight Malice, and uh, I listened to the tunes, and I said, you know, this, this is a band i got to get into, and I, I, I rushed out and I bought the album, and uh, it still gets quite a bit of play uh, around my house. They also played uh, the Japanese Assault Festival in uh, 2014. If I'm not mistaken, they're on the Spiritual Beast uh, label, which is a Japanese record label that has quite a few Canadian bands uh, on it, including Skullfist and also Diamonds. Midnight Malice are currently working on new material for uh, another upcoming album, and uh, I've also seen, I saw it on one website, and I don't know how true it is, and I'm going to have to ask the guy to be sure, I could probably go directly to the source to find out, but I saw it reported that Daniel Decay, who is the guitarist for one of the guitarists for Diamonds, has also been involved with Midnight Malice from 2015 to present, is what that website said. Now, that's the first I heard of that, but that's pretty exciting to me, because as we know, I'm a Diamonds fan, so it's exciting, well, to see him, exciting to see him involved in another great band in Toronto. Interesting. But anyways, Midnight Malice, uh, you can check them out at their website, www.midnightmalice.blogspot.ca. That's a bit of a mouthful. Wow. I haven't had too many beers yet. Uh, they got their picks into me late. I contacted these guys, and they, they were excited to get involved with uh, with the episode. But I guess uh, by the time they contacted around with all the members, they got them to me today, actually shortly before I walked in the door here, Wally. Right so, uh, so what did they pick? They picked three, uh, narrowed it down to three. They were uh, a Rush song, a Triumph song, uh, which are big bands I'm sure everyone's heard of, and you know we've got some Rush stuff coming up later on. And they also chose a bit of a, an underground band that, frankly, I had never heard of before. And so far, I've only heard this one song, but i got to tell you, I like it. 
listened to it uh, on the way down, checked it out on YouTube on uh, my phone on the way down here. The band is called Public Animal, and the song is called One Way Ticket. All I know is they're a Toronto-based band. You ever heard of them? Never. Never. Interesting. Let's give it a listen. Public animal, one-way ticket. What do you think of that, Wally? That was good. Man, I like that. that. You know, I, I've never heard of this band before. It's, this is what's the great thing about doing this. Here, I'm introducing some of the Decibel Geek faithful to some bands they've probably never heard of, but those bands are introducing me to bands I've never heard of. And some awesome. classic, awesome. classic picks, for sure. For sure. So, what do we got next? I believe it's uh, we're going to throw the ball over to your court there. All right. Well, a couple of years ago on the show, we played a tune from one of my favorite indie bands, um... Now, a couple years ago, it was a song from West Memphis Suicide, who last year I did make mention that they had changed their name to a Rebel Few, and so it's the same band. They just uh, they just gone through a name change. Name change. Been some membership change. Uh, new bass player. Okay. And so a little bit of change in the, going on there. Exactly. Um, now at that point, I had mentioned that they were working on a new album, which and you know two years later is getting very very close to seeing the light of day. Now, you may ask, what in the world has taken them so long? 
Well, what happened was... Hey, that shock took 30 years. That's true. So these that, guys are doing pretty good. That's true. <laughs> so, well, they began to work on the music for this new project, and they wanted someone who could really bring out the heavy side of this band uh, to really be produced to the forefront. So they took a total shot in the dark, and they contacted Sterling Winfield, wondering, mm-hmm. wondering if he would be interested in, in production duties. Who's that? Ah, you have not heard of Sterling. Well, he's got a pretty good resume as a record producer, engineer, mixer. Uh, you know, he's done work with Hell Yeah, Damage Plan, and, uh, oh, Pantera. Oh, and he also uh, he also mixed the Detroit Rock City soundtrack. Really? Kiss reference number two. Hey, did you know that I was in that movie? Uh, me too. I think, I think we might have talked. We were you in that, in that movie? movie? Yes. Oh, yeah, you, you were at the were... concert scene. I was I... going into the concert. Excellent. One of these days, we're going to drink some beers. We're going to slow that down and see if we can see each other in the movie. I know. I've done that. I've tried, <laughs> I know, but i got to get the Blu-ray now. <laughs> I searched and hard and hard that. to find me. <laughs> anyway. I'm in there somewhere. Anyways, um, so it turns out Sterling was interested, and um, Sterling's been up to the Great White North. And the band has been down to Texas at least twice, staying at Sterling's house, playing live and and recording on one of my most anticipated albums, which should see the light of day in early 2016. These guys are the dirt bags, right? What's uh, these are dirt bags what, for life? What's that whole theme with the with the dirt bags? Dirt bags for life. Well, uh, dirt bags is a term of endearment. Stands, oh, okay. Stands you know, for. I said that to a girlfriend oh. once, but I don't think it was considered a term of endearment. Put me on the spot. Uh, it it's, stands for <laughs> dr- driven, integrity, respect, and trust. Nice. Boom. Nailed that, eh? Yeah. It, it's almost like we rehearsed that and we didn't. Well, anyway. Didn't anything. Uh, so the album's going to be coming out in 2016. And just yesterday, uh, the boys had won a radio contest and they opened up for Steel Panther in London, Ontario. Really? Are they uh, Steel Panthers playing in Barrie tonight? Are they on the bill as no, well? No, oh. it, was just a, it was just the London show. So it's shaping up to be a very, very interesting year for these gentlemen. So I asked Barry from A Rebel Yell to pick a song that he wanted to hear. You just said A Rebel Yell. What do you got, Billy Idol a on the rebel- mind? Oh, I did, too, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, a rebel few, and oh, rebel, rebel yell would be a good tune, but he's not Canadian, so it doesn't apply. Yeah. Uh, he asked if he could cho- choose an indie band, and I said, "Hell, why not?" Oh yeah, so, this is what we're all about. Uh, is, absolutely, uh, the music out. So uh, now this band, unfortunately, has disbanded. They're from they were from Oshawa. Although if you dig it, you can still check out their Facebook page because it does still exist. Do they have an album out or anything? Or is it just, th- uh... This was from their album. Okay. The uh, song is called Tribute. It's a long one, so buckle your seatbelts. How and long is long? I think it runs around I'm, seven minutes or so. Oh, I was going to say we got some rush coming up. <laughs> <but no. laughs> anyway, the song's called Tribute, and the album is called Creekwater Junkies. Left back in the past 
Now that was a cool tune. Uh, yeah, actually, I really enjoyed that. I've never heard of them before. But I think it was a pretty long song, though, eh? Really long, but yeah. really like, builds, man. It's like nine minutes and something. Well, you know, time to rock. Anyways, yeah. It's too bad they broke up, but, you know, hopefully those members are going on to something else and uh, we'll hear more of them in the Canadian musical landscape in the future. Absolutely. Well, I don't remember the name exactly, but if you do go to the Creekwater Junkies Facebook page, I believe the singer has a new band out, and they just recently opened for Varga. Uh, Varga, yeah. Another friend of the Decimal Geeks. So, uh, yeah, definitely give them, a, give them a listen. Right on. And I think we're up to the... You know, the most famous Canadian power trio part of the show. Well, we we can't get through a Canadian episode without somewhere mentioning Rush. And I actually, we may have escaped it in previous years. No, actually, I'm sure we didn't. Well, we didn't last year because the, yeah, guys, I'm in, sure the guys in Brighton Br- Rock and, chose, yeah. a, chose a Rush team. But anyway, uh, we got a, actually several bands had uh, Rush in their uh, in, in their picks. But uh, we've got uh, these next two are, are, are lumped together, kind of a, a classic Rush and a newer Rush pick. So let's uh, first talk about Saracen. They're a band out of Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, they've been around, uh, again, like Shock, they've been around since the, the late 80s. You know, they formed out of the steel mills there in uh, in Hamilton. And I remember, dro- the, I remember them back in the 80s. Oh, you know them from back in the 80s? I do. I, I was unaware of that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm kind of, there was a record store in the Jackson Square where one of the guys, and I don't know if they've gone through lineup changes. Jackson Square, that's that mall in downtown it Hamilton, is. right? It is, yeah. Still there, totally different now. But <laughs> yeah, You're telling me. I went there once a while ago. Never felt so unsafe in my life as I did the hey streets now. of downtown Hamilton at noon. Yeah, well, it's Hamilton. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway, the, Saracen had, a, I remember, a cassette out, and uh, the guy, one of the guys in the band worked at the record store in Jackson Square. I remember purchasing that cassette. As I say, could be a different lineup now. Well, I'm sure that uh, some of the lineup is the same because I know the the guitarist Greg <laughs> Boylo. Uh, I'm not sure I said that even anywhere close, but uh, he was one of the original guys that you know formed Saracen back in the steel mills there, and it's been a long drunken road for them, as I was told by one of the members <laughs> in an interview not that long ago. Um, I actually yeah, I discovered them. I guess they just found the Decibel Geek website, found my contact information. They mailed me a physical CD to my house. Right on. How often do you actually get a physical CD anymore in this, uh, you know, promo yeah. world of MP3 downloads and that kind of business? So that was pretty cool. But uh, I, I checked it out and I, I really uh, enjoyed it. Uh, it gave the, the band a good review there. Like I said, I've also interviewed the drummer, Roger Banks, and you can find that interview on YouTube. Uh, the band Saracen has actually uh, recently been signed to Pure Steel Records, which, oh. if I'm not mistaken, is a German record label. And um, they're working on the official release of the album. It was a self-release cool. that I'd been sent before. Uh, they uh, One of their dreams is to tour Europe, and they were actually planning on self-funding it uh, for 2016. So they're getting together all the, the cash and trying to make some contact with some bars over there to go over and do their own little right tour of Europe. So hopefully that's something that Pure Steel uh, will be able to help them out with now that they've joined uh, together with them. But uh, in any case, you can find out more about Saracen through their Facebook page or at www.saracin.ca. Until then, let's uh, start out with their pick. Uh, Rush Xanadu, uh, the drummer Roger Banks, sent me the pick and he said, uh, you know, about his pick, he said, it's just a complete mind bender. And as a 12 year old hearing that, it was just a total mind fuck. It has everything. Arrangement, great playing, odd times, freaky lyrics, and let's not forget the double neck guitars in tubular bells well before we jump into that though 
Um, the double shot of Rush we're going to play brings up one of the newer Rush songs. On um, Friday night, I was privileged enough to witness Brighton Rock live in concert. My uh, heavy metal hoser twin here, he ran out of gas after spending the weekend in Japan. I'm going to blame jet lag, even though I'd been back in Canada for two days, three days at the time. Yeah, you're back in two days and you went to see Judas Priest. Well, I like to rock. Well, I, As I, April Wine I, said so earlier in the I'm episode. I'm not saying, you just ran out of gas. I know, I Left feel so mi- bad. Greg and Stevie were so nice last year to come on the show with us, and I couldn't even show up to their gig. So you left me solo, and it was a great show you missed. I but know, it always is when Brighton Rock plays. I can't exactly throw shows in your face, because that'll come back and bite me. Yeah, you work in Tokyo. You know. Anyways, Brighton Rock uh, were on the show last year, Stevie and Greg, and they got to choose all of their favorite Canadian artists. But uh, So I cornered uh, Jerry McGee and asked him a question. He didn't give me a, a, a reason why, uh, but he simply said to me, play Rush, the anarchist. The anarchist, that's from Clockwork Angel. Yeah, right? so we've got one. an old rush into a new rush, and that will give us a rush quota for the Hoser Heavy Metal Hour.
Missing part of me 
All right. Well, that was a double shot of the boys in rush. And I guess we're getting near the end of the show here. We got one more pick to go. So uh, take us back to Japan. What's going on there? I'd love to go back to Japan, to be honest with you. No doubt. I mean, I was so... um, Geez, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I was so... uh, I was nervous to go there. You know, I had no idea what to expect um, going over to a completely different continent. I may have traveled Europe and things like that, but, you know, Japan was something different. And uh, I got to tell you, the people there, the culture... They're so welcoming. They're so friendly. Um, I just, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I, I love just the, the whole atmosphere of being in Japan. Yeah, sounds like quite an adventure. Now, we all know the reason I went to Japan, I'm sure. Um, if not, diamonds! Uh, I'll let everyone in. That's right. It's uh, Diamonds, um, who you may have heard on the podcast previously. I know that uh, Chris played uh, played them just recently on the Queens of Noise episode. Uh, what was that, though? Probably about two months ago. Well, you got Kiss. You got Cheap Trick. You got diamonds. That's all three the three reasons to go to Japan. Really. Well, it's funny because I did also go to Budokan. Nice. It was not as exciting as you would think. Oh, well. It was the outside of a building. Well, still rock history. Then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, diamonds did even play on the Kiss Cruise. That's true. So, uh, you know. Kiss reference is, number. I don't know where, where we're at for Kiss reference, oh but. We've got our quota. This, uh, you know, I've also written, uh, if you go to the Despot Geek website, I've written countless reviews about uh, diamonds you know i just uh for some reason that band has just captivated me i've even i've got their logo tattooed on my arm as part of my tattoo you know all that before i even met the band you know i, I had all that done so i was a fan of the music first absolutely but uh, i participated in the recent killer dwarfs rock against hunger golf tournament uh september and uh, what a fun day that was just uh, i'd never golfed before just uh, drinking some beers out there and uh, whacking some balls i know uh fellow decibel geek kate campbell was part of my foursome and I know you were supposed to, but uh-huh. <laughs> some uh, work issues got in the way and that ended that. But uh, after that day of fun and golf, I was uh, extremely liquored up, shall we say. And uh, it was right off to downtown Toronto to see uh, Diamonds play at the hideout. It was uh, a last minute announced show and I just happened to get there about two minutes before the band went on stage. Probably my, you know, eight, nine, tenth time seeing them this year. Nice. And uh, I just, uh, I just loved the set. And right afterwards, I, you know, I exclaimed, well, that was awesome. I'm going to go to Japan and see them. <laughs> because they just recently announced that they were going to be playing in Japan. And another buddy uh, of mine and yours, uh, Bill Cairns, who's actually a, a big uh, Diamonds fan as well, turned to me and he said, you're an idiot, you're not going to Japan. So I took that as some kind of a white challenge? flag, you know, slapping me in the face with the glove kind of a challenge. And before you know it, I'm off to Japan to see uh, Diamonds. For the weekend. <laughs> For the weekend, that is correct. But you know what, it's a place I've always wanted to go. Who goes to Japan and- for the weekend? I could only get so much time off work. I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> I work to travel and rock. But it's a place I've always wanted to go. And, you it's know, I just man. I just want to say thanks to, uh, to to Diamonds for giving me that push to actually go there. I, I loved it so much. I'm already planning on going back next year. Right Whether or not Diamonds are there, the oh. Japanese Assault Festival was uh, it was a great time. I had a chance to meet the uh, owner or president of uh, Spiritual Beast Records, who was the one responsible for bringing Diamonds over. And the year previous, he brought Midnight Malice over. And if I'm not mistaken, Skullfist, uh, all Canadian bands, right on. Uh, uh, all on that label and have been over there. Fantastic guy. He thanked me very much for coming and everything as well and just uh just a nice guy so um anyway there we are that's my story of uh, how i ended up in uh, japan to see diamonds so uh, i you know as you can imagine throughout the time i had uh, lots of opportunities to uh, talk to the band or, or different times and places and 
No, but there's a lot of, oh my god, you're awesome, and oh, let's have a sake, and oh, a beer, and oh, check out Enforcer, this other band that's playing, blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of hard to work in, can you pick me your favorite Canadian band and get a definitive answer from everyone? But you so, got it done. Well, I chose to go with a, a cover that they often play in their uh, in, in their sets. Uh, what happened was uh, the vocalist, Priya Panda, uh, was away. Uh, I believe she was auditioning for uh, the gig that she now has, fronting another band. Uh, she Demons that was put together by Jerry Only of the Misfits. But anyways, one of her favorite bands of all time is a Toronto band named uh, Kill Cheerleader. And while she was away, the rest of the guys in the band got together and they learned one of the songs to surprise her when Excellent. she came back. So uh, she came back, they surprised her with the song, so now they often fit that cover uh, into their set. So it may not be the band's uh, favorite Canadian artist, but it's definitely Priya Panda's favorite Canadian artist. So let's play Death Boy from Kill Cheerley. Awesome. Right, so there's uh, Kill Cheer, Kill Cheerleader. Try to say that after a few beers, and their song uh, Death Boy, which uh, if you've seen a Diamond show, you've probably caught their cover of it. Uh, just bad. a little bit of info on uh, Kill Cheerleader. Um, you know, Lemmy from Motorhead invited them to open their UK tour and uh, talked about them in a couple of media outlets, saying that they were the greatest rock and roll band since Guns N' Roses. So, unfortunately, Kill Cheerleader have now broken up uh, on the eve of a major record deal. 
And unfortunately, one of the members is currently in jail, so that kind of, you know, takes away any chance of a reunion. But uh, some of the remaining members went on to uh, Toronto bands uh, that you may recognize, like Cauldron and uh, Skullfist, who I just mentioned a second ago. All right, well, we got to get out of here, man. We uh, have to... Uh get home get some sleep and get ready for d snyder tomorrow night that's right i'm uh, pretty pumped for that i already got my album covers all set out ready to go gotta get mine ready and uh we want to thank chris and aaron again for letting us host for the fourth yes annual very much for the the fourth Hoser heavy metal appreciate you guys letting us uh take over the airwaves we're not as hostile as we used to be remember the first one we broke in we were pretty hostile about it now yeah. we're just like welcome back yeah we're more chill now. yeah it's pretty cool Thanks. i like it all right, guys. Oh, and Billy Hardaway, your shirt's in the mail. Ooh. Hey, and you know what, uh, folks? He may be the only Nashville. The only Nashville what? The only Nashville resident of Brighton Rock. I'm going to say he probably is. Yeah. I don't think those boys have ever toured the States, have they? Uh, sure. I know. It's uh, on its way. All right, so, and you're editing the show, Mr. Rich, so you can, like, play some music as we're counting this out. I sure can. But I also want to remind everyone if they can uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And also, uh, you know, our website, www.decibelgeek.com. That's easy. Later. Later.